got the dummies, Ben and JJ, coming at you with wisdom from the Bible and beyond. This is Dummies with Wisdom. I need your uh, I need your opinion on uh, on something. We'll lead worship in a little bit, um, or not in a little bit in a c- couple weeks. But I need your uh, I need your opinion on this piece that I've been uh, mulling over. I think it's from the Spirit. You ready for it? Shoot, what's the what's the question? It's not really a question. It's more of a uh, performance of uh, of means. anyway <laughs> dude you um, hit that i just really felt like that would like really like be uplifting to the congregation and the spirit i don't know what, what do you think so in this scenario the, you know, the lyric i will always love you you are saying that you are god see i think hmm. i think the congregation might you know, just just my my thought they might take that as a little bit heretical maybe I think we need another uh, change of direction on this podcast topic and just debate this. <laughs> Can you do Celine Dion in church? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm down to circle back to that after this. <laughs> so all that to say, uh, welcome back to another podcast. Um, if you guys have any uh, suggestions of... Uh, quality worship songs that i should uh lead at our next church service let us know always up for uh more food for thought i guess thunderstruck really gets the crowd engaged i hear i don't don't think my church is ready for that beautiful electric solo Mm. as i just rip it out Hmm. That's staying in. <laughs> to our uh, to our question for uh, this time around, um, we had kind of visited this topic a little bit uh, when we talked about uh, Bethel and Hillsong on a uh, previous podcast earlier. Um, and so this one we we're, we've been I don't, we haven't been really waiting, but we've just been wanting to uh, putting it off. I <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I guess we have been putting it off a little bit just since it's. Uh, it's t- it tends to ruffle some feathers um, amongst people of who have really any sort of opinion about church things and worship. We just want to talk about um, what, uh, or I guess you, before I start blabbering on nonsense, what's the actual worded question? It might make more sense. So this was another, this was another question that was submitted to, to my church's, uh, uh, my church's sermon series that we've talked about before. Uh, the question as it was submitted was, if Brian Houston, that'd be, uh, that'd be Hillsong, uh, Stephen Furtick, Elevation, and Bill Johnson, uh, Bethel, if their theology is questionable at best, why do we support them by paying the licensing fees to use their worship songs? Aren't they singing to quote another Jesus? 
Uh, let me just say before we get into this topic, if you haven't listened to our podcast on on Bethel and Elevation and Hillsong, I uh, definitely Do encourage it. you to to listen to that one before uh, you Go listen now. to this one. <laughs> <laughs> but if you haven't if you haven't listened to that podcast uh, yet, listen listen to that one first because that gives a a, a good foundation on what we think of these churches. Uh, we've discussed uh, those three guys in particular and the churches that they lead and our opinions on that, which uh, tend to not be all that great for the most part. Um, so to, just to give you a a good uh, foundation of where we're coming from, we're not going to go into all of their what we think of them. We've already done that. You can listen to that. So all that be that being said. Uh, we're going to actually really just focus on uh, on Bethel here. Again, going back to that first podcast, uh, we have less of a problem definitely with elevation. Um, when we're talking about the worship side of stuff, we have less of a problem with Hillsong. Uh, but Bethel, because of their, their school of supernatural ministry and just a lot of Bill Johnson's theology, uh, ooh, that's, that's the one we're going to have the most problems with. So we're really going to stick to that one as we discuss this. Sure, and like, I am still of the thought that I don't personally know if I, I mean, I have my line, I guess, if you want to put it that way, my opinion on it, because I think that's important, but it is definitely a very shifting point. So I think there's a lot of really good, um, I guess, arguments on kind of both sides. And I think what ends up kind of being pitted against each other is just like, is more so it's expression versus theology maybe if that's the right word i don't even yeah. know if expression yeah. is the right word because like i think i think there is a little more intentionality when people like from the expressive side i think there's more intentionality to what people are actually saying with that there there is an importance to allowing you know what the how the lord has wired us and created us to um meet him in that place as well as have a proper understanding of who god is as well so mine is continues shifting as i'm hearing you know right both right, sides yeah. and wanting to look look for the truth right we've we're, we've both been we've both discussed this topic uh with each other off the mics we i think we're both constantly growing constantly kind kind of shifting a little bit um not completely one side to the other but we're we're constantly shifting our views constantly growing in in our understanding not only of um of worship and of theology but also just how that applies and what, what do we do with these churches um, that have these big worship programs like Bethel, like Hillsong, like Elevation, uh, even like Vertical Church Band. And that may have some, at the very least, some differing theology to some that like we would really just be completely against and maybe even borderline call it heresy. How, how, do, we, how do we deal with that? So the, the question that we have to ask, I think, just to start this whole thing, is whether we can separate Bethel music from Bethel Church. And we can say this about any any church that has their own music program, because right. the church is going to influence the music, the music is going to influence the church, especially these churches that are really built on the on the worship program like Bethel is. They're, the question is, can we separate them? And again, going back to our podcast that we said before, like we, we're not a huge fan of Bethel Church. Does that mean that we have to hold those same uh, thought processes, those same trains of thought? I don't know. That was redundant. Yeah. To 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 the music program that we do the church or that we do Bill Johnson that we do with the overall theology of the church, or can we separate them at least to the extent of not judging the music as we judge the church, but still, I mean, still being discerning in the music. 
So it's important about any sort of critique, and I think this goes church-wide as well. It has to be driven from within us and let the Lord work through what he's teaching us in our lives and how that can also apply. So there has to be a a self-critique going on, a humbling, and then we can go out. And instead of assuming that a song, because it's written by whoever, that it is wrong, first humble yourself, let the Lord speak through that, and then allow the theology and what the Lord is teaching you to not critique the song, but discern the song. And that's how you have those conversations. I think we need to keep in mind, too, that as much as we have against Bill Johnson and the leadership of Bethel, they have the core of their core doctrine in that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Jesus is God, the Trinity. That stuff is correct. Now, we might disagree with everything, hypothetically, everything beyond that core of the core. Like Maybe we, we uh, Albert Muller has, has talked about the theological triage your primary secondary tertiary doctrines we might disagree with the secondary of the primary doctrines but they have that very central core correct with this question i don't think that they're singing to another jesus i think that they might be singing to a a misconceived a misunderstood jesus it's still jesus it's just a misconceived version that the core is still correct and so that's what so that's what i see from say the the so-called conservative side that's kind of lashing out on you know whatever you want to call it the emotionally driven the the Bethels or even like within songs themselves like there's a lot of uh, conversation around reckless love yeah um, there was a lot of conversation around sloppy wet kiss when that came out and people like changing up lyrics because they they weren't sure how they felt about that I think there's there's a big lack of within the conservative side because I've had these conversations with people that they seem to not even understand what they're what they're even singing in church so when we're saying it seems like there's momentum around this whole thing of oh bethel even hillsong you know whatever organizations you want to collapse into this group but when we sing our songs in our church everyone's stone-faced looking at the screen not even realizing but one maybe maybe not even understanding the words but not even understanding the depth of the message that is even being sent and what should come out of that in response to what the words of that song are right i agree with what you said and i think the thing is we need to judge each individual song by itself not just from like bethel we sang a song at a worship night at church the other uh the other night uh it's the more i seek you by it was by carrie job apparently from 1999 and the chorus said i want to sit at your feet drink from the cup in your hand lay back against you and breathe feel your heartbeat and then you know, that was the first half yeah. of the chorus. And to as we're singing it, I'm like, that's just like that sounds so womany. Like I'm yeah. sure, like all the women in the in the crowd are like, yeah, I want to, I want to lean back against you and and feel your heartbeat and everything. But all I could think of was like, this is so like Tim Hawkins' song where he talks about mm-hmm. um, that a lot of worship songs are written for women, where where they're like, I want to see you, I want to touch your face kind of thing yeah. guys are like i don't want to do that that's that's weird <laughs> <laughs> and this is the same kind of thing where i was like i want to sit at your feet Kay. drink from the cup in your hand not really sure what that means lay back against you and breathe that seems eh. feel your heartbeat like dude if if we're talking about like this with another dude like that's never mind right. never, never mind <laughs> oh boy oh boy nope <laughs>
But in like in that way, I don't think that song's great. Like just be just because of that, that doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. But to the, I think a lot to the men in the audience, at least to me, I was like, that's just ugh, that's weird. I don't like that. In the same way, those Bethel songs, I don't think that at all. Like goodness of God, I think that's a great yeah. song. And I, we have to. I, that's I think we got to. We just have to judge each individual song again. We got to judge the song on its own, rather than than discrediting a song because of who wrote it. I was talking to my pastor in between services the other day, and he pointed out that if we were going to judge across the board songs based on the theology of those who wrote it, we got to throw away half the Psalms because, yeah. I mean, look at David for crying out loud. I mean, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be the worship pastor at my church after what he did. You kidding me? Yeah, right. Well, that's so that's that'd be my point to even like the Carrie Job song or something that's like like when I brought up like Unforeseen Kiss. Or yeah. sloppy white kiss or whatever. There are there are certain songs with certain notes that are going to go down a track for certain certain people and hit hit those chords for them, and it's going to yeah. relate to them. I think as like someone who like has that has been blessed to be able to lead worship on a stage and think about like how do we corporately and as a gathering lead each other to worship you're trying to find those songs that can relate to can not only teach but can bring truth and can bring out can bring out what maybe like i don't know you, you try to work together as a team right in the church so like what the pastor's yeah. talking about or what the theme of it is but you're trying to bring out to the surface what should already not should are well yeah what should already be there but like you're giving that kickstart as a as a group, and when we when I choose songs, when I'm you know working with people and praying about it, trying to find those really good congregational songs that work well. Something like that type of song, I think, is really really great for certain people in certain situations going through certain seasons of life. Right. Um, and so there's songs with all that to say. I think there are songs that are really really great for corporate worship to get the troops rallied to remind everyone who they are. But then there is a time and a place for, and sometimes may even be in a congregational setting. And I would argue, maybe sometimes we need to humble ourselves, you know, maybe even as men and recognize those tones, because I think there are some beautiful things, like you said, being in the Psalms. There is a difference, too. I think if we're going to talk about individual worship, you know, me sitting at home with a guitar versus corporate worship, I don't know if we really Mm -hmm. need to get into that because, again, we're talking talking more corporate worship. And I think that... uh, you can you can sing a worship song that may have some like a little bit of theology that's a little off and you can sing mm. that and 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 be very worshipful and not that the, when we, we critically sing, think about it you know yeah and not not to say that we shouldn't be singing stuff that's theor, theologically not quite on but i think that's going to have a different it's not going to be as big of a deal if, well, it's like if, our argument of singing like secular songs and like it reminds you of the lord you know like yeah. that song wasn't at all written about jesus whatsoever but you start singing it and like all of a sudden you're like you're in this moment with the lord singing right you know i don't know sean mendez i don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah like, like we i don't i don't think that we should uh launch the service with amarillo by morning or something but <laughs> like I, but but the that that goes to show or that that points to the fact too that music music is worshipful to god yeah absolutely when we combine worshipful lyrics mm-hmm. with the music it's putting really it's putting theology to artwork it's right. it's combining the 
poetic nature of song lyrics to mm-hmm. the artwork of the song. And those can be completely, a lot of hymns are, if, if you look at, if you look at a hymn book, if you look at a hymnal, the, nice. uh, yep. If you look at a hymnal, a lot of times the lyrics were written maybe a hundred years or whatever after the music. And a lot mm-hmm. of the music, like a lot of Fanny Crosby's hymns, some of like what Martin Luther did, some of John and Charles Wesley's hymns, a lot of them were taken from secular tunes of the day. There's there's theories about some of them might have been bar songs, but nonetheless, like they were they were secular songs. And we took they took these secular tunes, put these worshipful lyrics to them, and boom, you got a hymn. Yeah. Um I there's uh Tim Hawkins, again going back to him, he does a rendition of the Eagles. He does a rendition oh, of the Eagles' "Peaceful, Easy Feeling," but puts the yeah. words of "Amazing Grace" to it. I think that's yeah. great. I've I've played that in church before. Um, I don't know if people <laughs> nice. like that or not, but like, it, it, like, like you you can't tell me that that's not worshipful because the original song was written by the Eagles. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I think we're we're kind of going back to that same thing of are we going to start judging the composer of the music too? Right. Like, and and I think you can kind of with what you were saying about secular songs too. The music behind secular songs is worshipful. It yeah. might not even be in the mind of the people composing it, but sure. the music is worshipful. Now you can, you don't even you, have to sing along to a sec- Like you could have a problem with a secular song. And I would make the argument that could also bring you into a time of worship in that not critique, but like, this is what our world's like that, you know, like those thoughts, like you're critically thinking about what you're listening to. And like, I see that as worshipful. Like you are, in this moment of realization that something isn't right or something is right, you know, whatever it is. Right. And you are expressing that in some way and you're giving that back to the Lord and you're giving him that time to think about it. And actually like, that's what all relationships all about. You're, it's something that's you're taking serious. You're critically thinking about the next steps, what's going on in it. And even more so when you're, you know, in a relationship with the, you know, creator of the universe universe. Yeah, exactly. So, the, with the way the question was stated about giving money to Bethel to like license their songs and everything, right. I don't think I don't think that's a concern because we're always going to be giving money to to people it, like with worship stuff, especially. Like, do we have that same question about if we buy a Martin guitar for right. for our church, or if we buy a Nord keyboard, or the lights from this company, or are, are we are we looking into the theology of Capitol Records before we bu- sing a song that they produce? Like, we're we're not digging that deep into this stuff. And I I think we do need to be cautious about who we are giving money to. Because, again, like the, the reason Bethel got huge is their music. The reason Hillsong got right. huge is, by and large, their music. Elevation got huge because of their music. And so that is what's driving their programs. It's not like we're giving Bethel $50,000 a year. It's, it's you know, pennies on the dollar of what, we're act- what each individual church actually gives them. And if we're... If it's to use their music, I, I don't I don't think that's a good question, honestly, just because of that. I the heart behind the question I think is really good, but I don't think sure. the point of giving of should we stop singing a music should we stop singing a worship song because it gives money to somebody that we disagree with? I don't think that's necessarily relevant if the the money's money. Right. And like, okay, sure, like it might get, you know, you're listening to the song, it gets redirected to Bethel whatever way they want to do it okay i think my big thing with it is there are people who are writing these songs who are 
I, I believe, truly believe that are putting a lot of effort into them, that are putting a lot oh, yeah. of thought into yeah. them, and they're bringing out good music. There are certain songs that we can sit there and we can disagree with. Me and you went to a uh, Sovereign Grace Church, and there was disagreements among <laughs> certain songs, even within the worship band themselves, of songs that I, I, and me personally, I was like, we're actually having this conversation. Like, I never would have thought that certain lines in a certain song would have actually created some strife. Right. So there's always going to be room to debate. There's always going to be room of like, what can we do better? What's tough, and this is why what I said earlier about looking inside and letting the Lord do the work through us, just like everything should be, and I don't think we do that enough, is when we do that, then the then the idea becomes okay. For one, the Lord can speak the Lord can absolutely speak to me through the song. The Lord can speak to right. us through the song in a congregational setting. The Lord was Hopefully, and we trust that the writer of the song was seeking the Lord as he was writing the song or her. Yeah. And what I think is really, 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 really important is that that is a snapshot into that person's worldview of the Lord. And I think the bit, even bigger, bigger lesson that we can learn and the reason why we are the church, not just us, it's not just you, it's not just me. It's okay. the church body with multiple members, with multiple minds, with multiple hearts, with multiple giftings. When you put those together, that's how we grow. That's how mm -hmm. the church evolves and becomes more like Christ. If we stick to our worldview and we deny the writer of some song, I guess that same right to have their worldview expressed, I think that's a very ignorant and very selfish and very... Um, is absolutely not a Christ-like um, approach to a situation where even if they are wrong, you still have to approach it with grace and humility, even if that means you're going to be and put it into a situation where you're going to debate someone or you're going to argue them back, you know, if, if right. that makes sense. And, and to that point, we had, a like I said, we had a worship night the other night at, at, at church and the two songs that I saw people get the most expressive, the most, I, we'll call it moved by the spirit with, one was Bethel and one was Hillsong. I looked around and I thought, can we honestly sit here and say we should not be doing this song because you have to make the argument it is not glorifying to God. Because if you're going to make the argument that it is glorifying to God, yet we shouldn't do it, it's definitely right. heretical. Yeah, that is definitely yeah. heretical. Not, no question about it. And so I'm looking around the crowd and I thought, if we take this song out, are we lowering the ability of people to worship? Are we lowering the ability or the uh, maybe the response to worship that these people have? Probably. It, I mean, just judging by how some of the other songs were, I would say probably. So are we going to, are we going to, can can I, can I sit there in the middle of a worship service that's a, playing a Bethel song and say, no, this is not glorifying to God because of who wrote the song? No, because these people are worshiping. Even, even if the person who wrote this song turns out to be an evil, child torturing, rapist, murderer we find that out later this was a very worshipful night right now if that were to happen yes we should get rid of those songs but <laughs> that that being like that my, my my point being even if that person is currently evil and we don't know it that was a very worshipful very glorifying night and for us to say we should get rid of all those songs i i, I just think that there's we gotta have wisdom there but i think that that would be a little bit foolish i also yeah i also i also just think personally this is another reiteration of of 
debates and fighting about worship songs in church. I mean, there's been, you know, fights about should we have a guitar? Should we not have a guitar? Can we only do hymns? Do we do we move to uh, some contemporary songs? Do we have to use the hymnals? Can we use a projector? I, I think I think this one's a, a a better debate to be having than a lot of those were. Yeah. But the church has been fighting amongst itself about worship everything since the beginning of the church era and it's not going to change and that's not to say we ignore this problem it's a good question to have but we shouldn't be fighting about it we should be humble in trying to have wisdom and discernment as to what the best answer is and how we should react to these things uh not only now but in the future knowing where they potentially could be headed right just as you're talking about like you know having like the songs you guys are singing being like moving it just reminded me of this um we so i think a lot of people know tremble um and it's by mosaic. mosaic yeah so that's been like lyrically especially like um like i, I love that song like it's, it's great and there's been a couple other songs that they've come out that have been really good yeah and then randomly a couple months ago or i don't even think it was, it was a while ago but they released have you heard uh fountain i am good I don't think so. So it was a little bit of context because when I heard it, it was like on Instagram and it was like their like, you know, chorus snippet <laughs> and it goes, come on, we sing. I am good. I am good. You say I'm good. And I was like, oh boy. Like, <laughs> and I remember, I remember thinking that and I was like, I think those are the same people who like, you know, who, that's, uh, that's Tremble. going back to your opening, uh, about, uh, uh, Celine Dion. <laughs> hey, hey i can maybe i'll sing this one at uh at church in a couple weeks but okay so but even with that so like critically thinking about the song because i was interested and if you want to look it up you guys yeah y'all can look it up you're on your own i think i and this is a big i think that what they are saying is that the lord has made us good okay for one, not expressed very well, I don't think, because it's way, <laughs> oh, yeah. way too much of an emphasis to have it in the slam dunked in the middle of your chorus that you're repeating, I am good, I am good, I am good, when, like, honestly, if there's Paul says you are bad, you saying, are bad, you are bad. Yeah, Paul says you are bad, you are bad, you are bad. It's the recognition that we are bad, we are bad, we are bad, and that God is good, God is good, God is good, you know, and like, that's what we need to be repeating. And so the fact that you should we we're keep saying things three times, us, three times, three times, three times? <laughs> i mean it's kind of catchy it's kind of it's kind of fun 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 <laughs> till daddy takes the t-bird away <laughs> oh my gosh um <laughs> but with that said, but with that said um you can like again i think this is this is what we are called to not just when talking about worship, but with anything relating to our faith, with with anything that is relating to our God and the community of Christ. For one, I heard that and I was like, that immediately like sends red flags like through my spine. Right. Well, but it should. I want to give it the due credit. Like, I don't want to just assume that someone is saying that they are good. Now, at the end of it, I would I would make a very strong argument that this still is not. I'm not going to sing this song in a church because I even if I was just going to well, point that out. Even if I agree with that, sing, repeating "I am good, I am good" does not seem very beneficial to me, and that's why I think it is important that you have to have your lines right. Someone else may disagree with me, 
and have good backing for it. And I honestly do think that that is fine. Like if they have good backing for it and they will really want to sing that, that's their discernment. That is their line. And that's the point of having the body of Christ. Right. right. But personally, I can't go that, but I'm going to have no problem singing tremble, you know, an amazing right. song that honestly, like, you know, when, when I sing it, it's like, man, this is, this is how I should approach the throne room of the Lord. Right. You know? And even, and even going to that, like with that song, personally, my, my, my mind says, if, if you understand I am good, I am good to mean what you say it did, whether mm-hmm. that is it, what it is or not, that's who knows. Yeah. If that's how you understand it. And if you sing it personally, that's how you, that's what you mean by it. By all means. Right. You know, sit, sit down with a guitar in your living room, sing mm-hmm. your, sing your heart out. Should we lead the church in that, knowing that there is a very big potential for them to misinterpret or maybe rightfully interpret? Again, we don't know what the original meaning was. That I am a good person, absolutely not. That's the discernment there too. I think you could say the same thing with like "Goodness of God" by by Bethel. When I say I, it's like I know that God is good, even if my life is spiraling into chaos out of control. Right. If if the congregation would interpret it as I'm never going to go through a hardship because God is good, then we shouldn't sing it. Right. And that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, you know, case by case. Again, you're always gonna have people that probably misinterpret something, but if the, if there, the, yeah, if the majority course. does, okay, the one thing I do want to, cause I think we've been very pro um, everything so far. Um, and kind of as we're winding down here, I do want to put one pushback that I've been, uh, that I've thought about. Cause I'm not, again, we're not completely certain on this. Like we said, we've mm-hmm. been, working through it and trying to figure out, you know, what's, what, what would God have us do with this stuff? They have a lot of stuff that's way off in left field. And I don't want to point anybody to that Mm -hmm. theology because no matter how great of a church you have, no matter how good your teaching is, your preaching, your small group studies, Sunday school, whatever it may be, people are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) People are very uneducated. People are very foolish. People are very impressionable. People Mm. are very attracted to shiny things. So I don't. Us included. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't want to point anybody to that, to the teaching of Bethel with knowing that, let's say that. 5% 5% of my church, if I if they would look up Bethel, they would be drawn to that and start going off into theologically shaky at best ground. Mm-hmm. The question would... So that's that's my one pushback is that, especially with Bethel, their school of supernatural ministry, a lot of Bill Johnson's theology. I don't want to push anybody towards that at all. If all if we start singing Bethel music, hey, I love that song. I'm gonna look up on YouTube. Ooh, who's this? Who's Bethel music? Next thing you know, yeah. they're listening to a Bill Johnson sermon. Sure, that's my one pushback. But the question is, and we've talked about this personally. Yeah, is it, how big of a concern is that? Is that any more of a concern than the fact that Joel Osteen is on TV and right. people? find out who joel osteen is and next thing you know they don't really know who he is they end up buying one of his books and hey this makes perfect sense or in my opinion having like someone you know being under the teaching of someone who's willing to freely lash out against whatever needlessly you know like ungracefully even though they may have the backing but it's forceful ungraceful unwilling to meet and have a conversation you know like i would i'd put that same thing because that's that's how we 
should talk. That's how we should, you know, interact with each other in grace and truth. Right. That's my one big pushback because I think that I think the rest of what we're saying is that it's the individual songs that we need to judge, not so much the the writers. As long as the writers have the very core right in their writing to Jesus, who is mm-hmm. part of the Trinity, who is God, they right. can have some funky ideas. I mean, for crying out loud, if I if I wrote a worship song, there'd be some real conservative churches that'd be like, he believes in the continuation of the gifts. Uh uh-uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. we ain't singing about it. his bridge might be written in tongues. Like I don't know. <laughs> 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 you start just clicking in the middle of your bridge. <laughs> you're in like, you're in like <laughs> verse three is in like Aramaic. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's what, like there's there's always going to be theology that is somewhat essential, I guess, to put it that way, to what we believe that people that write songs are going to disagree with, and so I don't I don't think that we by and large should be judging the songs by who wrote them. Uh, my my biggest problem, and maybe you've got a different problem, but my biggest problem is, are we potentially pointing people to these churches that have this theology that is very dangerous, at least? Even, even if the core is right, there's a lot of supplemental theology, a lot of secondary, a lot of tertiary theology that is very dangerous, and not that they, yeah. that might turn people away, but it might lead them down that path where they eventually do turn away. And sure. Or they have I at would, least the wrong understanding of their God or of our God. Right. But again, the question is, if, if that's going to be one per if, if one person might end up going down that way, but by playing these songs, we help 200 people worship. Well, right. I, I, that's, I mean, I mean, we I, live, we live in an imperfect world. We live, we, we are singing songs written by men. Like, I don't, I wouldn't venture to say that any modern day worship song we sing holds the same weight as Colossians and Ephesians and Job and Janet, you know, like when we're looking at these songs, we're looking through the lens of someone's heart. We're looking through the, some, the lens of how the Lord's been working in someone else's life. And that is right. meant to encourage and is absolutely used by the Lord, but it doesn't, it is influenced by our knowledge of scripture, or it should be influenced by our knowledge of scripture and our knowledge of our God. But by no means is it, you know, I don't think necessarily God speaking to us, God can speak through it, but it's not, you know, the words of the song aren't God speaking to us, in my opinion. And therefore, that's why we need to be critical in the way that we are discerning those things, not necessarily critical of like the people and the objects behind those songs. That was an okay way to put it. Right, right. No, I, I agree with that. I I think each individual church needs to have this conversation. And where do you stand? And that's that's not to say that disagreeing with us is wrong, because I think there's a, there's a very valid point you could make against Bethel and against all these other uh, big churches. And I, I wouldn't condemn a church for deciding that they're not going to sing these songs, especially bigger churches that might be able to have their own worship programs. Make your own music. I mean, there's we don't we yeah. don't have to sing popular music like i mean sure. that's that's yeah. not absolutely it, you we need to engage our people in worship whatever whatever way we can do that and whatever we can do in good conscience i think each individual church needs to have the debate but needs to have some sort of like music council that approves or disapproves of the songs before we start singing them if it's just if you have a if your setup is that you have a bunch of worship leaders and you know somebody likes bethel and somebody doesn't 
that's not a good idea. If you're, yeah. if your senior pastor is just the sole authority on what songs you're going to sing and what songs you aren't going to sing, I don't think that's good either. You need to have yeah. some sort of like multiple person, mm-hmm. three, four people minimum that yeah. actually go through, look at these songs, disregard within reason who's writing them, who's recording them. Cause that's another thing is a lot of times the writers and the singers are not the same. Um, yeah. Right. So di- disregarding that, w- you know, within reason and taking each individual song and let's just say, okay, the, if this, if, if any song we put in front of you was sung by Chris Tomlin, are we cool with that being done from the stage? Mm. Again, assuming that we aren't, that your church isn't against the whole Bethel stuff to begin with, which again, if you are, like, I respect that. I don't have a problem with that. As long as you're, as long as you're doing it for the theological reasons and not because you hate Bethel. <laughs> well, really? I'm, I'm, I'm saying even like comparing it to like the, we're not going to do contemporary music because we only do hymns. That's a terrible right. reason. That's, if you're yeah. at a church that the best way to engage people in worship is hymns, then for crying out loud, do hymns. Yeah. But if that's disengaging people in worship, then do something other than a freaking hymn. It's okay to be dynamic. Like we get put ourselves in these boxes. Yeah, but for like, I think my biggest thing is like, what I think, what I've really truly come to, even beyond the worship part of it, is that these are potential, whether you want to say they are brothers and sisters or souls that need to find Jesus. The more we pit, the more we pit each other against each other, the farther each side is going to drift, and the far, the farther or the less. Um, impact we can have on each other whether it's you know we're trying to encourage the body or we are trying to bring more saves to the kingdom or more did i say more saves to the kingdom yeah i meant more souls to the kingdom my bad (laughs) um but the so like instead of like this like pitted just aggression of oh my word blah you know i sloppy wet kiss that's disgusting you know da 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 you know i heard someone even say to be completely honest with you, it reminds me of when my dad used to kiss me at, you know, to bed at night and he had his whiskers and, you know, he would cradle his lips up against my neck and like, you know, blow, you know, blow his little like fart noises. And he was like, I mean, that's my image of a dad. And so when you put that into the image of a songwriter, I personally don't have a problem with that. Now, again, it goes back to our conversation of corporate worship. Right. But so many people pitted themselves against that song and the writers of it and were to the point where it's just way too aggressive. And so instead of rushing again to the critique, look at what you got to deal with inside. Let the Lord speak into that. And then thoughtful prayer and like actionable prayer and aggressive prayer and aggressive conversations that are good and edifying to the body. Even if that, you know, hopefully, you know, I hope to have those conversations with people of Bethel. Like, I would love to have that to talk yeah. and be like, Hey, what's your heart behind this? What are you thinking? Like what, yeah. like actually dig deep in that theology. And that's like, I think what we're trying to get to both like the last podcast we talked about and this one is let's not just write off these people, you know? Yeah. And I think a big part of that is what we're talking about with this song is that you, we do have the ability to not just completely cancel someone or write someone off just because yeah. we don't agree with something or they have a misunderstanding or we may have the misunderstanding too. Right. I think we got to remember that this, the era of the, the, 
uh, I guess church bands. If we want to call it yeah. that. I mean, it's it's a lot bigger than that, but the right. the church band era won't last forever. I mean, right. think think twenty years ago, like every other song was either like Tomlin or Redman mm-hmm. or Matt Marr or somebody of that n- right. kind of you know yeah. contemporary music. So and Tomlin's still going, but you Tomlin is not near what he used to be. He's like. He doesn't I mean, before have, that, it was Michael W. Smith and yeah. you know all those guys. Even like even like casting it's just, crowns third day, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it cycles through. Right, and and, and this isn't going to last forever. There's going to be songs that stick around. They're going to still keep going, but they're not going to be this huge forever. We 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 can't act like this at this aspect of worship. I was going to say of eternal significance, but it is of eternal significance. It's we we can't. Act I think the application we, of it is has eternal significance. But like right. to your point, like I would I would I would argue with you that yes, like the song itself, the manner in which it is sung, the the medium in which we're having this argument is not going to last. Like if if the country keeps going the way it is in fifty years, nobody's even going to remember that this was a huge debate. I mean, so if we, the world we, goes the way it is. You know, we might be yeah. in house churches. Yeah, and we're gonna be I, seeing I, whatever the frick encourages us and and you know brings us back to life because it's gonna be pretty tough. We're gonna keep going back to like Tomlin. <laughs> hey, everybody remembers uh, our God's an awesome God, right? Yeah. yeah okay, he got a guitar. Let's do that. <laughs> no, but but like this this debate will not be remembered. So we we need to understand that there are eternal implications of the decisions that we're making today, but yeah. at the same time. We can't act as though this is the worship debate that we're having. Mm-hmm. Make, be wise, be discerning, make your decision, and then move on. We need to keep pushing forward. Yeah. This is not the primary problem within the church or for the church in America. We, yeah. we like, move, move on to the big problems. Don't yeah. spend all your time on these little things if you people want a drum set, put in a drum set and move on. Like we, we can't keep having the biggest debates over the smallest things. That's what it mm-hmm. seems like we're doing. We're taking these huge debate, or we're taking these these small little topics, and not that they're not important, but they are small yeah. topics, and we're turning it into this huge, massive debate. While on the other side of the door, there's these absolutely massive topics. I mean, we're talking stuff right now like critical race theory, uh, you know, progressive leftism, uh, racism, sexism, all this stuff. That is right outside the door, and we're over here trying to debate on is this Bethel song that is a good song aside from anything that dealing with Bethel, and we're focusing all of our energy over here. Meanwhile, there's these huge, massive problems that have the potential to completely destroy our churches, and we just act as though we can just shut the doors and keep those outside, and it doesn't really matter. And beyond mm. that, like those are the things that have eternal implications. Because yeah, you might turn some people off by the fact that you do or don't sing Bethel, but these the these huge topics we're talking about people's souls, we're talking about their faith, the chances of them coming to salvation that's the stuff we need to be focusing on these are important things don't get me wrong but we need to just take a decision or just we need to just make a decision whichever way it is maybe it'll turn out right maybe it'll turn out wrong yeah but in the end those are not going to have near the implications right. that the culture the post-modernity that we're living in the moral relativism are going to have on our churches right like be willing to like humble yourselves be willing to find the truth not just what you grew up on not just what you think is true you find something great 
but we're always molding. We're always seeking, even our Lord himself, we are seeking to know him better. And our idea of him yesterday shouldn't be the same today. There should be something new we've learned, something different. Yeah. Like, oh, no, like, that wasn't right. Like, you know, that that's not the way I should. Yeah, I've been thinking about the Lord all wrong, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, be humble in our approach. Be graceful in our approach. Because, like, just like you said, there's there's a much bigger fight going on that these little issues are keeping us from. Exactly. And it's starting to get kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. So th- th- think about these things, pray about these things, look into these things, have an mm-hmm. opinion. These, this yeah. isn't like one of those things where it's just who cares and move on. Like you should have an opinion, especially if you're in church leadership, you ought to have an opinion on, on what should be going and not just an opinion, but actually like a prayed, a prayerful consideration opinion. Right. But, uh, but we, we'd love to hear what you guys think about this. This is a very hotly debated topic right now. Obviously, we, we know that if there's if we have only five people listen to this thing, probably three of them are going to disagree with us, if not all five. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, feel free to send us, uh, send us your thoughts. Again, we're always willing to, to go back and uh, maybe address things that we missed or uh, we could redo the whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Done that a time or two. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'd love if you would share our podcast with your friends. We'd love to be able to uh, get our reach a little broader, not for our own sake, but hopefully because uh, we're at least somewhat helpful. Um, Don't send us comments on that. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. See ya. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Dummies with Wisdom. To give us comments, ask questions, or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild, email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummieswithwisdom. 